0: You know David and I are passionate about making your sex life the best it can be.
1: We sure are. And you know we love talking and learning about everything related to sex and sexuality, sexual health, and of course, sexual pleasure.
0: We love diving deep into the naughty, the taboo, and the unknown. And we hope our discussions open up your dialogue about great sex because, well, great sex matters, and we all deserve it.
1: We sure do. So... Do you ever find your sex life to be a bit lackluster, boring, repetitive, predictable? Are you looking to find new ways to change it up, spice it up a little bit?
0: On today's show, we're going to dive deep into the importance of variety when it comes to sex. Whether you're interested in sharing fantasies, trying new sex toys, or opening up your relationship to include others, we're going to get some great advice on how to add some spark and fire up your sex life. Tonight,
1: Absolutely. I'm ready for that tonight, babe. (laughs) All righty. But before we bring on our amazing guests, we're going to tell you all about our top waterproof blanket because great sex is messy sex, but nobody wants to sleep in that wet spot. So if you're fed up with having to change your sheets every time you have sex, then you need one of our top waterproof blankets. It's 100% waterproof and leak proof and guarantees to keep your bed and mattress dry no matter how wet it gets
0: from messy massage oils or silicone lubes to all sorts of sexy wetness. Just throw it in the washer and dryer and it comes out looking like brand new. And you don't have to leave your house to get one. Simply and safely go to Amazon and order yours today. Search Top Waterproof Blanket, that's T-O-P, Waterproof Blanket, Great Sex Starts Now.
1: It sure does, and so does today's show. This is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carolyn, David, and we are so excited
0: to welcome back today's special guest. We have Dr. Stacy Friedman, who's a Florida-based clinical sexologist and a certified sex coach, and she works with all types of relationships, including open-minded and swinger couples.
1: She sure does. All right, Dr. Stacy, welcome to The Sexy Lifestyle. Thanks for taking time out of your uber-busy week to be here today.
2: Thank you. It's so good to be back again. I'm sorry we had a little technical difficulties at the beginning, but I'm glad to be here and looking forward to having a very sexy conversation. Always do.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. So just let's just start off, just remind everybody a little bit about your clinical practice and what else you've been up to these days keeping you so busy.
2: Well, uh, my practice, I don't know if it's due to COVID and a lot of people being kind of stuck at home and and having to spend more time with their partners. But I think a lot of people have realized that they might need to do some things to spice up their relationship because they've been kind of stagnant for such a long time. So I think that the, the business side of it has been really, really busy. And I think a lot of people are getting the support that they've needed and wanted. But uh, I work in office as well as online. So I've been able to luckily reach people all over the world, which is amazing. And uh, I'm looking to start doing some online group courses and things like that. So I just have a lot of fun things in mind under my belt and just really, really enjoy having the capability of reaching so many people on this avenue. It's been great. And are you still
1: still specializing in those couples who are looking into alternative lifestyles, swinging, uh, BDSM, kink?
2: that has been coming out of the woodworks lately (laughs) i'm not really sure why but um yes it's still definitely one of my specialties and it just seems like over the last year a lot of people have been really questioning how to open up their relationship what to do with their relationship and uh it just seems like a lot more people are looking into that extra variety of, of opening up the relationship in other ways. So, yeah, it's definitely been something that has been on the rise. Cool. Well, that's cool. Believe that's it or not.
1: that's well, why t- we're going to talk about yeah, it today. Yeah,
0: today we're going to talk about that. So why don't we start by saying, what's the importance wow. of adding variety to your relationship?
2: Well, you know, you can have a relationship and have a really solid foundation and just go through your life feeling content. But who wants that? I mean, you want to be able to feel alive. You want to feel like you are not just going through the motions. I mean, there's so many people that have sex out of obligation, because it's the same old, same old. And I like to joke around with a lot of my clients. And I'll say, you know, how many of you do lips, nips below the hips. And they all just (laughs) laugh and look at each other and shake their head yes. Uh And they're like, well, this is why we're here because we're tired of lip nips below the hips. We need to talk about the head to the toe. We need to figure out the variety. We need to figure out how to get people, especially due to these last couple years in COVID, who have been together many times having to work from home. There's a lot of couples I'm working with now that have both- Partners working from home, and they don't know what to do to really spice things up. So that variety is so important in keeping a solid uh, sexual foundation as well.
0: Now, besides alternative lifestyles, what are some examples of how to add variety into a relationship?
2: First of all, I like to say curiosity. Curiosity is so important when it comes to sex. If you are not curious about your body, your partner's body, about trying new things, you're going to be stagnant. You're going to feel content and just a way of just going through your everyday ordeal. I think being curious about different things and trying different things is going to open you up to a lot of opportunity. And so besides the um, alternative lifestyles, there are so many different ways, whether it be different toys, which I know we're going to talk about, whether it be um, you know, different types of fantasies, different types of um, activities, uh, different positions, not even necessarily sexual, but just ways to promote the intimacy that makes you want to be sexual. You know, going out, exploring the world more, taking a vacation, just different things that you can really bring about variety um, with each other and, and going on different types of dates rather than just the dinner movie. Yeah, Variety or, is important. One or the, or th-
0: the Netflix and chill, which just gets you glued to a TV screen, right? One of the things we did for Valentine's <laughs> oh.
1: Day is instead of buying each other a Valentine's Day gift, we actually went out lingerie shopping for each other and we bought it for each other and we tried it on in front of each other and that was our Valentine's Day date. And we came home and we put it on and we had a sexy evening but it was, you know, something we did together.
2: Exactly. So it doesn't have to be something that you spend money on when you're having a gift. You know, so many people say that, oh, what can I get you for your birthday? Well, for me, I like to travel. I like to, you know, have a little time outside on the patio, get some sun, go in the pool, you know, have sex in the pool, you know, different things like that to make to make it exciting rather than just the same old gift that you get. So I really love that idea with the lingerie because then you can help each other pick it out. You're going to the place together. You make it an adventure. Mm -hmm. Right, Right. Absolutely. Definitely. Because,
0: it fun and it's so important to have experiences together because those are the things that you share and you'll remember whether you had a black uh, nightgown or not is not really the thing you're going to remember. But going out and buying that special black nightgown is more what you're going to remember in the future. Now, some other things that we actually do to add varieties, we just play regular games and we make them sexy. So we'll take like playing chess and we'll make it sexy somehow, just ad hoc rules that we just add in there uh, or for playing a card game, we'll just say, okay, who's the winner after five has to do X or Y. Um, so we just kind of do that kind of stuff as well. It just makes things a little bit different.
2: Absolutely. You put the word strip in front of every game and you'll have a good time. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you <know? laughs> exactly. Yeah. And that's, that's another thing is that, you know, when you're in bed, you're so used to many times when it becomes monotonous, Doing, you know, obviously doing the same thing as monotony, but games in the bedroom, even just intimate games, not even necessarily to have sex. But just to learn each other a little bit more, explore each other a little bit more, mm-hmm. making, making something a little different. Mm-hmm. And that's where that variety is so important.
0: And one fun thing is to like grab a hand mirror and, you know, start fucking or putting a cock and a pussy in a different angle and getting the mirror there and really looking at what does that look like? What is the view that he's getting? What is the view that she's getting? And just kind of compare those kind of views that you don't normally see when you're just, you know, fucking in a regular position without mirrors around.
2: Your own personal porn. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of fun. Your, yeah. own, your own
1: personal. And Stacy, one of the yeah, things that, that we, we started doing during the pandemic when we were stuck at home, we started doing some videos and, um, you know, uh, we turned off our internet and we just filmed it because some of the stuff you don't want it to be connected and going up into the cloud. And it's, 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 it's very hot doing a video, but it's even hotter sitting around the two of you together rewatching it back because you don't. See how you fuck, you you fuck, mm-hmm. and then watching it is like, wow, do I look like that? And it, it was just, it was fun for us, and we did a lot of. It can be
2: a good that. thing or a bad thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you it's know, it's, it's different. It's that's for sure.
0: Thing. Yeah, a lot true. of people are afraid yeah. of their cum face, and they must think, oh my god, does that look like? But it's kind of cool to see it, and I'm not ashamed of my cum face <laughs> anymore. <laughs> you
1: know, Stacey. Car- no,
0: no. Car- Carol, Carol's so
1: right about that. Um, we were just on the Bliss cruise, and we were at hedonism with our friends at Topless Travel. And uh, Party Mark, who emcees and gets all the parties together, um, he had a couple of couples come up in front of everyone else and had each one imitate imitate what their partner sounds like when they come.
0: Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Hilarious.
1: And the partner's like, no, I don't. And yeah. he's like, yes, I <laughs> do. Like, yes, that's
2: you do. exactly that's me. That's <laughs> me.
1: <laughs> so, you know, just fun stuff well, like that.
2: Sometimes even just watch. Yeah. I mean, watching yourself could also be a major turn on. I mean, it might, if you can get past not like judging yourself and actually look at it as a beautiful thing, you could sit there and be like, God, that's hot. Listen to me, moan, Mm -hmm. listen to, look at my body, how I'm grinding. You know, it, it could definitely be a turn on. And that way for many people, especially like that with their partner and be able to just have some of those visuals together, then that could be something that can definitely uh, connect them more so than before.
1: Well, later on in the show, we're going to talk about mutual masturbation. But uh, just going off on to something that's that's really important and, and the reason we brought, are bringing it up because we, we met some couples on the Bliss Cruise um, who, who had these questions. And the question is, you know, what if a couple has a mismatch, mismatched sex drive and in this particular case, she wanted it more than he does?
2: It is much more common than you think. First of all, I think that a lot of people assume that the man is going to have the higher drive than the woman. And in many cases, that's not the case. Uh, but a lot of men get, I guess, societal pressure to always be the one with the drive. So when a woman has a man that has a lower drive, they look down many times upon them. And that should not be the case because There are so many reasons why people have different drives. So the first thing I do, just the same as if the man has the other drive, a higher drive, I always make sure, double check hormones. Just make sure that there's nothing going on that way. So if the woman has a higher drive, double check that the man's testosterone is normal. Also double check the dynamics of the relationship. You know, Uh, the same thing that I would tell uh, a man to do with a woman or a woman to do with a man, it doesn't matter. But with a woman with a higher drive, Try to find out what may turn your partner on. Maybe there's some things, you know, maybe they need more variety and maybe the blowjob is not the same kind of blowjob that they want because they've had the same blowjob for 20 years from you. Sexuality is fluid. Desire is fluid. What I liked 10 years, I mean, the way that my partner went down on me when I first met him compared to now is two totally different types of oral, but if he went back to doing what he did, you know, 10 years ago, it may not do the same thing to me. People's desires and needs change. So always have that conversation with your partner. What do you need? What can I do to help with that?
0: Now, in general, is it very common that most people have different levels of sex drive? Cuz no two people have the exact same level anyways.
2: No, and it it is a little tricky because it is one of the most common reasons why people come and see me is mismatched sex drives. Try to say that 10 times (laughs) fast. Right. (laughs) I messed it up. (laughs) Yeah. Um, That is one of the most common things. It's not necessarily that one person has a higher and one person has a lower. It's also sometimes time of day. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you can have someone who's a little bit more in the morning versus in the evening. You know, after, let's say, for example, if you have a heterosexual relationship, and someone has young kids, and the mom's home, and the dad's working, and the mom's home all day long with the kids, or getting meals, doing this, they come home, they're going to sports, and then in the evening, she's exhausted, and the guy comes home from work, he's like, okay, I'm ready to go, and she's like, "Uh uh-uh, maybe the morning might be better for her. Right. You know, maybe sometimes switch it up. You know, maybe if there's an hour in the middle of the day where you have a lunch break, go get a hotel room for an hour or do it in the car or come back to the house for lunch or something like that. Sometimes it's just a matter of switching it up and not even necessarily having sex. But just doing a little blow job here and there, or just even a little makeout session, can sometimes help some of that desire too.
0: And yeah. also talking about it because people don't play enough. Talking about it explains kind of why you're not feeling it. Maybe he didn't realize that she's had a hard day. Maybe she doesn't want to complain to him because that's so unsexy. But we have to talk about it. What's what's the best time of day? Dave and I joke all the time. Of course, he's an early morning guy, and I'm a late night person. So he's awake very early. And then he's asleep at night. So we find our place middle of the day. Usually afternoon uh, is when we have our mm-hmm. sexy time together. And we live together, work together, and do everything together. We're always 24-7 in the same place. Um, so we have found that afternoon sex is best for us. But if you don't talk about it, you can't maybe find that, uh, you know, the compromise, the thing that's going to make it work. Yet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that
2: compromise, that, that community communication is very important and it's a conversation that not everyone feels comfortable having but if you're married and you can talk about or even if you're not married but if you're in a relationship and you can talk about everything else sex needs to be something that can be talked about because the whole idea to discuss it is to make it better who doesn't want to have better sex yeah exactly
1: and that and that's a great that's a great segue into the next question um again on on the bliss cruise we were talking to some people we were sitting up there but um um uh uh, during the And, you know, a bunch of people came up to us and introduced themselves. They said they listened to our show. And we got into this conversation about sexual and performance anxiety. And here they are, you know, people in the lifestyle, not necessarily swingers, but they're having issues, you know, maybe going to the playroom um, or, or even with their partner in their cabin, um, not being able to get into the moment, being able to be there, being able to be present. Like, how, how, do, we, how do people like that work through those issues?
2: It is in so many different relationships. It's for men and women, believe it or not, for uh, orgasmic purposes. But um, with women, it's easier to hide and men, it's not. So there's a lot of performance anxiety because people are going in with comparing, fear of judgment, especially in the lifestyle when you're seeing other people and you're like, well, look how good he can do and look at his size and look at how she's moaning. And so there's a lot of that look, 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 look rather than looking inside and being, and I don't want to say selfish in a way where you're not taking care, helping taking care of your partner, but being like really confident about yourself and just be like, yeah, look what I got. This feels good and focusing on how it feels versus how you're performing because people are so focused on, I got to make sure that I can have a hard erection just to fuck. And it's not about that. It's about all the other good juicy stuff that you could be doing you know, and so the performance anxiety is really just all about that lack of confidence or the intimidation. And you never know who's on what kind of Viagra Cialis. So you can't really judge, you know, yourself on other people. And if you're just focusing on pleasure versus the whole idea of making sure that you can perform, then your mind would be more on how you're feeling versus how you're acting. Does that make sense? Yeah,
0: absolutely. And how do you like coach the couple to talk about this? Cause it's not always easy to even identify that it's performance anxiety that's stopping you from enjoying the mo- the best sex you possibly can have.
2: Right. Well, usually what I do is I, when I'm talking with the man, I say, you know, how are you with masturbation? Do you ever have any issues with masturbation? And if they say, no, I have no problems with masturbation. Then, you know, it's usually something in their mindset. Mm-hmm. If they do struggle with masturbation, um, you know, then they may need to go look into a, a physical. But as far as the um, working together as a couple, I think what's very important, whether they're in the lifestyle or not, is partner support. The number one way that men can get their performance anxiety worked on is through partner support. Without their partner support, if their partner is putting them down or being like, what's wrong with you? Or, or putting it on themselves. There's many partners that'll be like, what's wrong with me? Do you not find me attractive? Do you not think I'm sexy? And so the guy has that much more pressure to perform. Mm-hmm. So the partner, so they're trying to help their partner's insecurities. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So the
2: partner needs to just feel comfortable saying, you know what, it happens. Maybe you're tired. Maybe you've had a long day. Maybe you had some alcohol. And I always
0: say, well, you know, I love this cock like no matter what. I mean, I worship David's cock, whether it's hard or soft, um, whether I get it in my mouth in any condition. For sure, it's as nice, and I love doing it. It's, it feels good for him, whether it's soft or hard. And if it's all about pleasure and not performance, as you mentioned, then um, yeah, yep. then it should work, and that's a good way to support as well. And
1: I know sometimes, you know, we're having sex, and um, if Carol isn't, you know, necessarily all there. It's okay, because sometimes, you know, the time isn't right, but the fact that, you know, we're finding time to be intimate is sometimes more important than finding times to have an mm-hmm. orgasm. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I need someone to touch me, to feel me, to want me, to be intimate with me. And it's not like that all the time, and you can't hold it against the other person because, you know, there's brain traffic and the world and everything that's going on out there. Sometimes the moment isn't right. So we actually, you know enjoy and are grateful for those intimate and special moments that we have and we're going to talk about other ways of pleasuring a little later on that don't involve penetration and don't involve fucking and coming and um, how you can use toys and those things to have that um, needed sexual variety sexual adventure without it always being a cock and a pussy
0: and david mentioned that sometimes he feels if i'm not present or I'm not there with him 100%. And it does happen if you've got a million things on your mind. You know, you really do want to have sexual pleasure, but sometimes it's just so hard to clear your mind and, and like focus on it. So tell us a little bit about mindfulness and what you talk about, uh, during you know, being present during intimacy. How do you talk to your couples about that?
2: It's very, very difficult when you have so many things going on in your work and your kids and your school and then this, whatever you have dealing with. It is sometimes difficult to be mindful. But what I try to say is that if you're going to be there and you're going to put yourself in that place of being intimate, do your best to just get the rest of the world out and focus on feeling. Just focus on feeling because many times there's, a, there's one issue where a lot of women start it's called responsive versus spontaneous desire. Men have spontaneous desire where a lot of times they could just look at something or touch something and they have this heart on where women are responding. So they're responsive, their desire is responsive. And so sometimes it takes getting started to actually get in the mood. And if your partner allows you to just be there and not necessarily feel like you were saying, Carol, about um, always having to be in the mood, but still being intimate. If your partner allows you to do that, sometimes you just get into it after being there because you're responding to how you're feeling. Absolutely. So if you can just allow yourself to pay attention instead of like kissing and be like, oh God, here I go, I have to kiss now. And looking forward as what's gonna happen next, what's gonna happen next, just enjoy the kiss. Mm-hmm. And then just enjoy the touch. Allow yourself to joy each moment as they come and the next thing you know, you'll be coming. And you'll be happy. <laughs> right. I like that. <laughs> you know, we, we
1: have we, we, we have a mutual good friend, uh, Doctor Lori Batido, who um, we did a show with her a little uh, earlier this year, and she spoke about I'm gonna let Carol describe it because she does it so much better than me, about going to the restaurant.
0: Well, really, uh, we were talking about desire after fifty, and how she she claims obviously that desire doesn't go away, but it's not spontaneous like a man's desire, as you just explained. Sure. And so she suggested that it's kind of like hunger. You might not feel hungry, then you don't might not feel desire, but if you go into a restaurant and you actually smell the food and you actually start having an appetizer, look at the drink, menu. Look at the menu. You might start feeling hungry yeah. once you get there. So we we always have this joke between us that hey, honey, you feel like going to the restaurant. And I know exactly what that means. Are you in the mood for sex? You know, like I'll take it to the restaurant. I'm right. not sure if I, I'm not, sure, not feeling very hungry, but I will give it a try, you know? Yeah, we have fun with that too.
2: And then all of a sudden you look at the menu and you see all these juicy burgers and steaks. And you're like, you know what, I'm getting hungry. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> and yeah. that's, that's exactly that's exactly what it's about. I mean, I've done that before too. I mean, as a matter of fact, a month ago I remember just laying there and I had said earlier in the day that we were gonna be you know, I was looking forward to later in the evening and we got to the evening and I was just I was wiped. And so he's like, oh, OK, you're not you're not wanting anything I'm like, well, let's can we just kind of, like, you know, cuddle and, and just kiss? I'm just not really in the mood right now. He's like, yeah, of course. And I started kissing. <laughs> the next thing you know, three minutes later, I'm ripping his clothes off. Right. We're having sex. I came like like the drop of a hat. And he's like, what the hell just happened to not being in the mood? I said, I let myself be in the moment. I was yeah. mindful of what I was feeling. Yeah. And so that's where that mindfulness needs to be in play. Like,
0: yeah, absolutely.
2: So we're just going to take a quick
0: break here. We'll remind everybody that we're Carol and David. This is The Sexy Lifestyle, and we're chatting with sexologist Dr. Stacey Friedman, all about the importance of sexual variety. Now, let's just take a minute and talk about topless travel and the amazing trip that we have planned for next year.
1: Absolutely. So I was mentioning earlier that We were just with Topless Travel on the Bliss Cruise, and we were with them at Hedo, and they are absolutely the best. If you're looking for the sexiest and most erotic vacation ever, then you simply have to book with Topless Travel. From Hedonism two in Jamaica, Desire in Cancun, and all the Bliss Cruise experiences, topless travel needs to be your number one choice.
0: Yeah, their trips and events are all about the people and the sexy fun experiences. So let's just give a quick shout out to all their sexy host couples, including Jessica and Justin, and of course, Party Mark, and who are, they're there to ensure that you have one hell of a sexy vacation.
1: Absolutely, and you will find us on many of the amazing topless travel trips, but listen up. The one that we're really looking forward to is the Bliss Cruise on the awesome Celebrity Summit on April 17th to 22nd, 2023. We're going to be there broadcasting live from the ship and all the cabins are selling out quickly. So book now, come and join us for the week. We'd love to meet you there.
0: And of course, for all that information and for more about any trip and all the topless travel events, you can go to thesexylifestyle.com and click the topless travel events link to book the sexiest and most erotic vacation ever
1: ever 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 we were just there and we had an amazing amazing time we came back a much sexier and stronger couple which we do on all our lifestyle experiences and um, i guess it's time to get back to the show we're going to remind everybody we are carolyn david this is the sexy lifestyle and we're having a great discussion with sex coach dr stacy friedman and now we're going to get into some discussions about the alternative lifestyles
0: so, Dr. Stacy, let's start by talking about what are the different types of alternative lifestyles?
2: Ooh, where do I start? <laughs> There's a lot of different ones. Um, I think that some of the basic ones that are more common that people would know about would be the swinging lifestyle. You have open relationships. You have polyamory. You have um, kink. And BDSM, so those are probably some of the more common ones um, that people are aware of. And there's a lot of differences that a lot of people may not realize between everything. So it's not all just, you know, gooped into one umbrella.
0: So just explain a little bit the difference between open, swinging, and poly.
2: So basically, in the swinging lifestyle... You have your couple, your foundation as a couple. And then what happens is more so when it comes to sex versus emotion. I mean, not saying that you can't care about the people you're with, but in a swinging lifestyle, you're usually with your partner and you go when you're with other people. You could be with a single female, you can be with um, you know uh, another couple. Um, but many times, you know, sometimes people play on their own, but you always come back and you always come back to your one partner. And that's usually how the swinging lifestyle does work. Um, but like I said, there are exceptions to every single type of lifestyle, but more so just going out and having fun with other couples. That would be more of the swinging style. The um, open relationship. Is more of you kind of doing your own thing, but still keeping your foundation. So you could have your uh, couple relationship, and then one partner may go and meet a guy or a girl and do something there, and then come home and you're good. And the other one may go and meet someone and you're good. Or if you go on vacation and you meet someone, you're good. You know, it's all about just having the open opportunity, if you meet someone, to connect.
0: Right. And usually by yourself, not necessarily you with the couple.
2: Correct, correct. Um, But one thing about the open relationship is that it's not cheating because you and that's what kind of people question many times when you're doing it on your own, is because your partner, you always have your boundaries and you know, your rules, but your partner is aware that you know what, if you want to sleep with someone, that's one of our rules that you're okay to sleep with them, you can do that. And so that's more of an open relationship. Mm-hmm. And then with polyamory, it's kind of a mix of both worlds, but you're actually able to fall in love and actually have a relationship and be able to potentially even bring another partner into your relationship or keep them on the side. You could have a couple relationship and then you can be in love with another partner. It doesn't have to be involved with your other foundation partner. So I think it's more of... A love versus more emotion versus sex, like swinging. Yeah, and it can Does that get, all make sense. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And polyamory can get actually very complicated when he's got a girlfriend there, she's got a boyfriend there, but that those guys also have girlfriends and boyfriends, and or are <laughs> married, and they all bring it together, and sometimes they all play together, sometimes they don't. But it, you know, it can get very complex as well.
2: Absolutely. I mean, any of these relationships, unless gone in for the right reasons, can be very complicated. And there are many times, as a matter of fact, like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, is that there has been a lot more people that have found me and reached out to me that are doing this and then coming to me after the fact and saying, oh, shit, what did we do wrong? How do we fix it? Mm -hmm. Because they just went in. Blindsided and just didn't really do the right homework to figure out how to make it work properly. So now I'm there helping them fix it. Right. <laughs> or, or, which a lot of them are still, yeah.
1: Or they're a couple that has a problem in their relationship and they're trying to fix it by opening it up or going into swinging. And that's just going to make your relationship crash and burn because um, the alternative lifestyles do not fix fundamental problems in a relationship.
2: That is 100% right, and luckily, I would probably say 50/50 of the people I'm working with. Half of them, actually, it's been improving their situation, even though they, they do have a, they have a solid foundation, a solid foundation. <laughs> a solid foundation. Um, but the other ones actually tried to do it to fix something, mm-hmm. and that is not what you do. This is a very uh, you have to have so much trust and respect and honor for your foundation to be able to be in these types of relationships. And if you don't, all it's going to do is show your cracks in the system.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. We always say that the alternative lifestyles, they have to begin with a strong, loving, and honest relationship before you can even expand anywhere else. You have to have that. Absolutely. Um, Before anything else. Now, one of the things that I hear all the time is, you know, because we post on social media, I get messages every single day. And the most common question that I get asked is, how can I convince my wife to get into the swinging lifestyle? All the guys want a wife like me, you know, (laughs) 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 open and having fun and out there. But
1: it was interesting because we met that couple on on the bliss cruise and she came to us and said, how do I convince my husband to get into the (laughs) lifestyle? That's another story. Yes,
0: exactly. But the most common one is a guy, the man asking, how do I convince my wife? How would you answer that?
2: Well, I try to say you don't want to try to convince somebody because you want somebody to want to do it on their own. Or like I said before, curiosity, at least peak curiosity. Because you don't want to come back to your partner and be like, this is what I want to do. I want you to do it. And then be like, whoa, what's going on? So you want to start by, you know, first of all, having a conversation and just finding out, oh, is it something you ever thought about? Or or bring up, like, I read this article. What are your thoughts? Because sometimes people are afraid to think of what their partner might think of them if they brought it up. Mm -hmm. So try to find a way to, um, you know, first, Get an idea of what your partner even thinks about the idea in general, not even necessarily with you as a couple. But once you do get to the point of hearing that they might be, you know, oh, yeah, it sounds interesting. Explain to them, oh, I thought about maybe maybe seeing if we could dabble in something and kind of bring it up, explaining an idea of um, why. Because you want to make sure it's not to fix something like we talked about, but just finding out exactly what your purpose is why what do you want to get out of it and then listen to their fears and their reservations yeah. you know let them come back and say oh gosh you know i would be afraid to do this now usually and when, then it's just really about, go ahead
0: sorry um so usually when i do answer it i, I my first <laughs> thing is have you guys discussed it you know, that's the first thing. And so very often and most common is, yes, we've discussed it and she doesn't want to. So how can I convince her?
2: You're not going to convince someone who doesn't want. To, but if they say they don't want to, it could be the approach. You'd say, OK, well, what are your reservations about it? Why would you not want to? What is it about myself that makes you not want to do it? And if they say, I just don't want to, you know, if you can't really convince somebody but you could say, how about just have an open mind? And how about we can just go to a swing club? hundred percent, just you and I together, nobody else. Just go and let's just watch. A swing club is a great place where you don't have to necessarily get involved at all, but yet yeah, can be with your partner just to watch and talk about it. If they're willing at least to have an open mind to just go and say, even if it doesn't work for them, they could still enjoy that atmosphere for themselves.
1: So we, we, little
2: baby we,
1: we talk about that all the time on the bliss cruises, on at hedonism, at desire, wherever you go, 50% of the people who go do not play with other people. They go there for a sexual fun, erotic experience. Mm-hmm. And we know 100% of the time it opens up that dialogue, that conversation that most people don't have about sex, about would we, could we, should we. And it's just such a, a, an amazing place to go to meet amazing people without feeling any pressure because even at clubs, you don't feel, nobody pressures you to fuck them or play with them or touch them or them touch you if nobody is asking for consent and giving you that respect. But like you said, Stacy, going to a swingers club or a hotel takeover or even a party and just watching and then going home and talking about what you saw is the best, best thing yep. to do. And don't change your rules on the fly. If you're going in to watch, go and watch, go home, talk about it, and then go back again.
2: Well... I- like what you said about don't change in the rules because sometimes that happens is that they they decide at the last minute, well maybe we should do something and then they go home and then they wind up having to come see me because <laughs> they did something that they weren't meaning to do. Yeah. So it, it happens all the time. So going there exploring it. And even just going online and saying, you know, I know you're not interested, but how about we just read some articles or read some blogs? Because a lot of people that don't really understand the swinging lifestyle, they feel that they're going to go to a club or they're going to go to a, a party and they're going to get hit on. And then they're going to be like pressured. They don't understand that this has so much less pressure than any other type of dating.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you
2: know, like if you just went to a bar a and bar. Come pick you up.
0: Yeah. So absolutely.
2: yeah. But I love the idea of of the not changing your boundaries when you go the very first time and just enjoying the experience of just being there.
0: Yeah. It's like going into the restaurant. You might feel a hungry when you get there, but if you've said we're not eating tonight, we're not having dessert tonight, then you got to stick with this. You can't have dessert right. tonight, but you can go back to the restaurant and have your dessert. later. And on. I got
1: to tell you um, as seasoned swingers, we've been doing it for 15 years. One of Carol and I's favorite things to do is to go into the playroom have sex, just the two of us, and have live porn going on all around us. The sounds, the the moans, the body yeah. parts, everything going on. You look up and you see a couple there. You see two couples there. And for us, it is food. It is fodder. It is the the ultimate of desserts to, to be playing with each other with other people having sex.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It's the eroticism of it, and that could even help spice the relationship For up sure. and have that variety without having to overstep those boundaries if you have a partner that is like no I'm not doing this I'm not interested. So don't ever try to convince your partner but definitely put in little types of seeds or questions and find out, you know, what their what their ability is to have an open mind.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now, of course, everybody is familiar with Fifty Shades of Grey and a lot of introduction to the kink BDSM world was introduced to the uh, very the big, yeah, the masses. There you go. That's it. Through that um, four-part movie series or the book series, whatever you uh, consumed. But a lot of people have questions about, you know, what is kink? What is BDSM? Can we do something like this at home?
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um you know, a lot of people when they hear BDSM, they think of being whipped and, 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 you know, chained and pain and all this kind of stuff. There's so much to it. I mean, even just a little bit of a a blindfold could be part of BDSM. You know, um, there's a lot of education for people that they can either get books on, or um, look online. Also, like I had said before about blogs and articles, just learning different things like that. I mean, I know that I have a huge array of different types of toys and creams and lotions and, and, and bondage types of things that you can start with something as simple as a handcuff and a tie, I mean, and a blindfold. Um, kink, you're dealing, you're dealing with anything that's not necessarily vanilla. You know, I mean, for some people, kink is a blindfold. Yeah. <laughs> for some people, kink is using a swing, you know, it just depends on what your level that you're at is what is kinky to you, you know. Um, but the BDSM is you have bondage, dominance, submissive and masoch- sadomasochism. There's just a whole array of things that it can be. So everyone's going to have their level. And just by learning with your partner and exploring, I think that people can You definitely open up to a lot of experiences at home.
1: You know, one of the things that um, we do at home, and and we're not kinksters, we're not into the BDSM community, but we do do dabble a little bit at home. And one of the things I love is when Carol lays me down on the bed, she puts a blindfold on me and says, you cannot move. Don't move your arms. Don't move your legs. And she And I
0: like being dominant, so that's my
1: side of it. And she just does what she has to do. And I'm not tied down. But I'm imagining being tied down and she's doing all the erotic zones, all the little touches, a little bit of edging. And we're, I we're dangle
0: not... dangle my tits over his mouth and say, no, no, you can't touch. Right.
1: <laughs> and we're not in a dungeon. We don't have whips and chains. We're just using our minds to look at sexuality a little differently. And it's, again, a bit more of a sexual variety, just the two of us and using our words and using our imaginations.
2: Well, that's what it is. It's the, the mind and the imagination and the fantasy of it all. You know, it's that role play. Um, you know, th- you don't have to feel like you have to be handcuffed. I mean, I love to do that all the time. I'll, I'll do stuff, something similar. Well, he'll come in, I'll put him, push him down and I go, tries to touch me. I go, don't you dare touch me. Right. And I'll pull down his pants and, and go to give a blow job. And he's just kind of like, okay, uh, what do I do? I guess just don't move your hands. I, so I, I get that. And, and it's erotic and it's hot and it has a little bit of a control and a little right. submissive and, mm-hmm. you know, and it's a mind fuck. And sometimes yeah. that's, what's fun about it
0: right you know that's the best kind of fuck that mind fuck Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) exactly exactly that's the pleasure versus performance right
0: right and it's fun and like david was saying it really can add variety because there's it's unlimited what you can fantasize about and what you can plan in your head and in your mind and share that with your partner so that's unlimited and it really adds a whole lot of variety Well, this has been another great segment. Just another quick break to remind everybody that this is the sexy lifestyle. We are Carol and David, and we're having an amazing discussion with sexologist and sex coach, Dr. Stacey Friedman. Coming up soon, coming up next is our favorite segment, Great Sex Matters. So stay right there. Remember, if you're looking for an online open-minded community to meet compatible people in your area, you should go to SDC.com and use promo code 30314 for your first month free. So check it out.
1: Alrighty, that was interesting. We've uh, been having a great discussion with uh, Dr. Stacey Friedman. You know we're Carol and David. This is The Sexy Lifestyle. Now it's time for our favorite part of the show where we get to talk about great sex because...
0: Well, great sex matters and we all deserve it. So as you know, we have had many discussions with sex researcher Dr. Justin Miller. He's been on our show several times. And He has let us know that the most popular fantasy based on his research is for people to have a threesome or multiple person sex. So let's kick off this segment all about threesomes. So Dr. Stacy, what would you say... um, to somebody who wants to have a threesome, but they want to make it super memorable because they know this doesn't come around very often, especially if you're not in an alternative lifestyle. So how would you say you can make a threesome very memorable?
1: Both female, female, oh. male and male, male, female. Yeah,
0: there. there's two different varieties.
2: Lots of, lots of different kind of threesomes, but I think that I don't know if it really matters as far as who's in the threesome but the intentions matter. And so I think in order to make something cool, you want to make sure that you're doing it for the right reasons. So that's the first thing, is you wanna make sure that um, everybody agrees and all the boundaries are set. Because a lot of times when you go into a threesome, you think of just you as a couple about your two boundaries. But what about that third person? You always wanna make sure that third person um, has rules or boundaries that you don't overstep as well, because that could really screw up a threesome with that third person if you don't know exactly what their expectations are too. So finding that perfect person sometimes can be a little tricky, but sometimes there's somebody that you know personally, or sometimes you'll find somebody at a club. But to be able to make sure it's successful. You're making sure that you're setting your own intentions with your partner. You're setting boundaries with everybody. And when you're actually in the moment, you're enjoying and you're feeling comfortable communicating. Because a lot of times in a threesome, it can get so heated and everyone is just trying to do everything. But you could talk to the person just as much as you would talk to your partner. And you can make it really, really enjoyable. But I think one of the most important things is the aftercare and the debriefing of you and your partner too. Mm-hmm. So that way, any future threesomes can be successful like that as well. Mm-hmm. And it's not all about, once again, performance. It's about, because sometimes you're gonna be like, okay, well, what if you have you know two guys and sometimes you don't know where to put it and you're like, okay, well, I can't fit this in. I don't want this cock touching my cock. And, you know, so sometimes there's that issue too. So as long as you feel lighthearted about it, you can laugh about it. It's supposed to be fun. So take the heaviness, the stress off, and then enjoy. And if you have the right intentions, if your boundaries are set, you talk about it afterwards, I think it could be just a great experience.
0: And, of course, making sure we understand if there is bisexuality in the threesome, um, who's bisexual, who's not, who's curious about bisexuality, who's willing to try bisexuality if you're not already, and just make sure that uh, you have permission that you've given each other permission to touch, um, you know, same sex or if they're interested to try it or not.
2: Yeah, that's definitely a good point because, um, and that I think goes along with the rules and boundaries too, is just being able to, not just having that conversation with the partner, but with the third person to say, what are your interests? Are you interested in my husband? Are you interested in my wife? You know, are you open to that if they are? And definitely finding out, um, as much information and sometimes even going out ahead of time, you know, on just like a dinner date with all three of you sometimes can even make it more of a buildup and exciting something to look forward to rather than just meeting for the first time. So that, that introduction is also important to having a successful threesome.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That could be fun too.
1: So, Stacey, we've been talking about a lot of different things, a lot of different sexual variety in relationships. We're going to take a little tangent here and go into sex toys. So, how important are sex toys in a relationship, and and why should couples use them together?
2: I think that sex toys can bring a lot of variety to a relationship. doesn't mean you have to use them, and doesn't mean there's anything wrong if you don't use them. If you're happy in your situation and you don't feel like anything's missing then you don't have to feel like you it's something that you have to do. But I think that there's so many different toys nowadays and so many different options to just level your relationship up in the sexuality department by trying different things. I think that there's just a plethora of opportunity that people are missing out on if they don't like to try different things. So sex toys can be vital to the health and virility of a relationship. Now most of different types.
0: Now most sex toys are made for women, and a lot of women use their sex toys without their partners present. So after he's gone to work, she just wants to pop off a little orgasm. She might do that on her own, and many women are shamed to do that in front of their partners. What do you say about that?
2: I say mutual masturbation is extremely hot and sexy. When a woman is able to be in her own skin and show her pleasure to her partner, it's empowering as a woman. And it's very erotic for her partner as well. And, you know, there's a lot of toys that are not just for women that they can bring into the bedroom as the couple, but even some of the toys that are for women, just for example, a bullet. You could take that bullet and take it off of you and put it on your man's balls. You could put it underneath and cause some vibration there. You could put it on the nipples. You can let it rub on the neck and have people kind of like tingle in, in their bodies. So there's a lot that can be used on men that the women may use or assume that it's just for themselves. But there's also a lot of fun men toys. They have masturbation sleeves that you can masturbate your partner. You know, they have... Um, different types of creams that can help with you know different feelings and there's lotions and and powders that you can lick off each other's bodies so it doesn't necessarily have to be an actual physical toy but it can be something else a cream or a lotion or uh handcuffs or things like that that could be fun for both sexes and there's also the
1: the vibrating sex ring uh, vibrating cock rings that we've tried and it's it's an amazing Mm -hmm. sensation um, especially when, you know, while I'm you're super fucking. hard and while we're fucking, it's like, you know, Carol has my cock and a vibrator in her pussy and yeah. some of them have a one that stimulates the clit. And sometimes I just go in and I'm kissing her and holding her and I'm not thrusting. I'm just in there and she feels the little vibration and then we start fucking again. And again, it's just variety that we're adding to what could be same old, same old missionary sex. Mm-hmm.
2: Absolutely. And the fact that 75 to 80% of women do not have orgasms through intercourse alone, they need to have a clitoral stimulation. So those cock rings are amazing for many, many women. If the man is comfortable, which hopefully they would be, but there's a lot of men that feel intimidated by it. Like, what do you, what do they need it for? I should be able to give them that orgasm. If you can add that cock ring and have the clitoral stimulator that some of those cock rings have, And like you said, Dave, just be able to leave it there and let her feel the sensation. They have some of those cock rings that have the vibrator by the balls, too. So it's really can be enjoyable for both of you and just bring it bring it up a notch.
0: Yeah. Now, a lot of people think that strong vibrators like the Hitachi wand, for example, can make you numb or make you um, not want to have sex again or have a hard time orgasming without it. Is that true?
2: I mean, it, for the amount of times that people would use it, it's not as likely. Um, but if you're sitting there and you're doing it ten times a day every day, yeah, there's a possibility you might decrease some stimulation. Carol would be able to. I had to lower mine down. <laughs> <laughs> I was to say I had to lower mine from ten to five, right. but you know. Right. Uh, but, um, I think that I don't feel that it takes away necessarily. Um, Because, like I said, 75 to 80% of women need clitoral stimulation and it's not always easy to do that. So, if anything, I look at it as, you know, an an asset sometimes. Mm -hmm. So, I believe that people are just so focused on, well, I don't want to, you know, be able, not be able to have one with my partner. So they don't want to do it as often. But many times, the more often you do it, the more horny you can be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, it's almost like, you know, Nike says, just do it. You don't <laughs> yeah. want it to like around and wait, right? Just yeah. do it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and, I, and I want to just go back to that mutual masturbation thing, because, you know, Carol and I are into learning every time we have sex, every time we talk to somebody as educated as you are. And one thing that we do when it comes to mutual masturbation is we learn about each other's bodies. And, you know, as you age, your bodies change. You were saying it earlier, you know, you used to come one way and now you come a different way. And, um, you know, you have to tell your partner about it, but sometimes the words don't do it justice. And when Carol takes out a toy and starts playing with her clit and staying playing with her pussy and pulling on her nipples, it's not the same as she was when we first met 15, 16 years ago. And I I sit there and I watch and I'm stroking my cock and I'm watching her play with herself. And it's the same in reverse. She says, you know, you didn't always stroke your cock with your hand like that. And why are you using two hands? And, oh, I see you need a little bit more wetness. And it's just learning about each other's bodies. It's a continuous
2: education. 100% continuous education. That mutual masturbation. You know, I, I like to tell women that don't masturbate said, you know, you don't even know your own bodies. How do you expect your partner to satisfy you? There's many times that, um, the partner would say, you know, what do you need? What do you want? What can I do for you? And then the female be like, I don't know, whatever. I don't know. So if you can't answer, then allow yourself to be empowered, allow yourself to just show him, not worry about that orgasm face. And watch your partner feel good. And then you can look at that be like, oh, wow, look how she's moving it. I thought she liked it more up and down, but she's moving it side by side. And, oh, she's doing it softer and I'm doing it harder. So sometimes, like you said, Dave, is that people can't just express verbally, watching can be really, really helpful. Yeah, sure. absolutely.
0: And but sometimes you're a little bit shy, especially if you're a woman who's a giver and you're always giving, um, asking for pleasure can be difficult. And so, like you said, you just have to get empowered and do it. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to enjoy pleasure as much. And if you have a hard time talking and explaining, uh, as David said, yeah. you can uh, you can invite your partner to watch, but also you can practice talking about it by talking to yourself Talk into the mirror. You deserve it. So, um, you know, just if you can't get it out and it's not comfortable, the more often you do it, the more comfortable you will get. So just try. Try talking about it, at least. Yeah,
2: and another thing that you can do, too, is that while you are touching yourself or doing something to yourself, have your partner hold your hand Mm. so they can feel the movement. They can feel what you're doing. Rather than necessarily watching, they can actually feel the pressure. They can feel the movement. And that can help as well.
0: Absolutely. All these things are adding variety to a regular, dull, uh, repetitive sex life. So I'm taking notes on all of these things. One of the last things we do want to talk about before we end our show is all about (laughs) fantasies, because we talked earlier about it's unlimited what we can do with our mind and our imagination. But what can we do with fantasies? Maybe sometimes people are afraid to share their fantasies. They might get rejected or they might feel weird. But What 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 if they don't have one? Or, or if they don't have one, how do they come you know, for, up with a fantasy? For, for years,
1: you didn't have a fantasy and now you have a great fantasy. But what if a couple or a partner or someone in a couple doesn't have a fantasy and they say, well, where can I find one?
2: <laughs> you know, it's very, in, in many couples that I work with, it's very, very common when the woman doesn't have the higher drive and they're struggling, they don't have fantasies and they don't fantasize. Um, and so... What I usually do is first of all, to try to help them, you know, I keep saying women, but there's, there's men too, but majority are women to find a book, to find a movie, to find, um, a story, to be able to think of a past relationship. I know that you now everyone's like a past relationship. Well, sometimes there was something or even, even your current relationship when you first started, what brought up excitement and then try to make a story out of it. Sometimes they have um, they have some of the porn sites. If people don't like porn, some of the sites actually have erotic stories. So be able to go to some of these places and don't look at the video if that's offensive for some, but read the stories and try to see what you can connect with and what you can have in your mind. Think about an actor or an actress that you find very hot and try to imagine what you would want them to do to you. So for people that don't fantasize, we need to figure out what can make them feel good. And sometimes it's even just being in a bathtub by yourself with candles and, and um, bubbles and just touching yourself and paying attention to where you're feeling sensitive. And then when you feel a sensitive area, picture what you want done to that area. So that way you can start building fantasy in your mind. And hopefully that's something that you can express to your partner. But like you were saying, there's a lot of people that are hesitant to share their fantasies because they're afraid of what their partner might say or judge them. But the important thing is, it's a fantasy is a fantasy. It doesn't have to be done. But there's nothing wrong with talking about it, because one of the things, since we've talked about threesomes, there's a lot of fantasies about threesomes that people don't want to act out, but fantasize about it. So I said, okay, for the ones that want, let's say, you know, two guys and a girl, Go get a, dub, a go get a, a suction cup dong take it into the bedroom stick it on the shower stick it on the bathtub stick it on a toilet stick it on a window and picture your partner having sex you can have sex with this person with the person I'm sorry with the dong and you can be with your partner you can watch the blowjob while she's getting it from behind you know there's and you can picture what it would be like with your partner getting getting it from the other side you know That's- so there's ways to be able to it's hot. Yeah, there's ways to be able to do those fantasies without necessarily having to act it out either.
0: And those are very safe spaces to, to try new things and to pique that curiosity. And then maybe one day or not, you can have another person in your room, in your bedroom with you or, or not. Just keep it like that. That sounds hot. I, I like doing that. We actually do that often.
1: <laughs> we absolutely do. And <laughs> we love the dong. <laughs> and before, before we let Stacey, yeah. <laughs> you know, give us her final advice, We'd like to ask, Stace, what's your fantasy and does your partner know about it?
2: You know, it's funny because I I said, I'm like, I don't, you know what? I've done so many things that I'm like, I don't know what's left that I'm really fantasizing about. But honestly, for me, at this point in my life, I have such an amazing relationship with my partner. I just love being with him and I can't I can't really I don't I have a hard time thinking of an actual fantasy of something that I haven't necessarily done that I am missing right now that's cool so it's not that I'm not fantasizing yeah so I, I fantasize about my relationship and I fantasize about all different things I love fantasizing about Um, threesomes. I love fantasizing about, you know, I've been with women many times before and I just love fantasizing about that. Um, And just, you know, the bondage and all these things that I've experienced, I look back and so I use my own experiences as my fantasy. That's cool.
1: We do the same thing. And
2: so that's kind of what I try to do. Yeah. And I try to do that to help my people who have who have fantasizing. I say, what experiences have you had? that you could fantasize. So for me, it's really about reliving some of my past experiences.
0: For sure. Very cool. (laughs) Thanks, Stacey, for sharing your fantasies and how you manage your fantasies with your partner. But it is coming to the end of the show. And we'd like to end off with a little final uh, advice, some sexy advice. What would you say would be the top two things that a couple could do tonight to add some sexual variety into their sex life?
2: Well, including a lot of the stuff that we talked about. But, um, one of the things that people are missing is when I talked about the lip snips below the hips, they're missing that makeout. out. A lot of times people are forgetting about the way they got started. So I say to make out like teenagers. I say to be able to do it all without having sex. Have an experience where you're not having sex. You're not allowed to have sex and just explore each other's bodies. And a lot of people might be like, you know what? I don't think the last, I don't know the last time I kissed my partner's ankle or underneath their knee or behind their knee, I mean, or different parts of their body. That would be a great thing is just make out like you're gonna get caught, make out like you are you know, just going on a date and bring some of that memory up.
0: Very, very cool.
2: Um, and the other thing, Yeah. And one of the other things I just think is important, I I know I probably said it before on some other ones, but I love showers. If you haven't taken a shower with your partner, take a shower with your partner, wash each other up. You could bend over and drop the soap if you need to, you know, those types of things. It's just something that is fun and easy to do. Those really, really help with variety.
0: Super.
1: Absolutely. Wow. I love talking to you, Stace.
2: You too. You too. I'm glad that I was able to get on with you guys today.
1: So, uh, Dr. Stacy Friedman. Oh, we're going to remind everybody that um, you have a practice in Florida. Uh, why don't you take a few minutes for to tell everyone um, how they can find you?
2: Uh, well, my name is Dr. Stacy Friedman, and I do not have an E in my name, Stacy. So, you could find me at drstacyfriedman.com. And I'm also uh, on all the other platforms under Dr. Stacy Friedman. And I do offer complimentary 15-minute consults. So if you think that there's something that I might be able to support you with, I'm happy to chat with you for a little bit and give you uh, the information and you can share what your concerns are. And um, I do have a couple of Facebook groups that are for men and women. The women's one is called Intimacy, Sex, and Empowerment. And the men is sex... Sorry, Men's sexual health and empowerment. Okay. So those are two groups that I just started about a year ago with a lot of great information. That's great, and of course, so you- thank you both again for having on.
0: Our pleasure. And of course, if you missed any of her information, you can just go to our website, thesexylifestyle.com, where every one of our guests has their own guest page with all their information. And you can even contact them there if you have any questions about their work.
1: Absolutely. And on Stacy's page, you can also find the other shows that we've done with her as well. Mm-hmm. And like we did today, we're learning more and more every week with all our expert guests. We hope you do too. If you have any questions at all, you know you can simply send us an email at ask at carolyndavid.com. All righty. That's the end of another great show with another amazing guest, Dr. Stacy Friedman. Thank you so much for being here today.
2: Thank you. I hope everyone gets some great information and has a good fun night tonight.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. And as we do every week, we want to thank all our listeners for being there week in and week out.
0: You can join us again next time for another hour of the Sexy Lifestyle, talking about sex, sexuality, sexual health and pleasure, and all the fun ways to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy and always horny.
1: Well, that's it for our show today. Carol and I, and of course, Dr. Stacy, send you lots of love and great sex. Please stay safe and, of course, stay sexy, everyone. Until next time.